This episode of the Power Bros Movie Reviews is brought to you by Fearless Wandering Productions and our supporters at Patreon.com. Did you know that patrons of the Power Bros Movie Reviews get access to a weekly patron-only bonus show called Movie Chronicles with the Power Bros? They also get early access to our main show. Join today on Patreon.com for these benefits and more. And now, on with the show. Mid-1963. Stanley was at the top of his game, riding the huge wave with the explosive success of Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, The Hulk, Thor, and Iron Man. Stanley is in a predicament when he is on the hot seat needing new heroes, currently sitting as Marvel Comics editor-in-chief and head writer. He has an idea. Standing at his typewriter on a terrace in his Long Island home, trying to come up with new heroes but falling short. He'd already done the radioactive accident thing at least three times. So Lee had to go a different direction. He comes up with four characters. A guy who shoots beams from his eyes, a human ice machine, a telekinetic girl, and their mentor, a telepath in a wheelchair. Stan Lee quote, I took the cowardly way out. I figured, hey, the easiest thing in the world. They were born that way. They were mutants, end quote. Thus, the X-Men were born. Welcome to the Powell Bros Movie Reviews. We are on to episode two of our main series of season one. And I am joining, as always, with my co-host, Tobiah Powell. Tobiah, how are you doing? Doing pretty good, pretty good. Excited for this episode. Excited to talk uh, about this this new movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, what are we doing today, Tobiah? The movie we're talking about is X-Men First Class. Yep. Newer X-Men movie, kind of still an older movie. <laughs> yeah, just to remind everyone as far where as Marvel movies go. We're going chronological order through all of the Marvel movies. Um, and now, because of the multiverse, pretty much everything is canon, technically, with the modern MCU. Um, so we're, um, especially now that Marvel owns all these properties that they didn't own before, like the X-Men, Fantastic Four... Um, Ghost Rider, whatever, whatever else they got. Um, they they own them all now, and so we're kind of looking at everything as a whole. And now that we're going to X Men because, or now we're going to X Men because they take place in the well, this one in the sixties, and you know the other ones in the seventies, and then I think Dark Phoenix takes place in like is it eighties or nineties? Maybe I don't know, but um, yeah, probably eighties, something like that. So we're yeah, following yeah. these movies in order. We Last week we did Captain America, the first Avenger, which uh, was a, a lot of fun to uh, work through. And now we're yeah, jumping into the X-Men world for the next few weeks. So yeah, X-Men, yep. X-Men first class. Tobias, what did what, you think about it? Initial thoughts. It was honestly, yeah, it was honestly better than I remember. Mm. I remember not really liking this movie a whole lot or having any interest in it yep. but after digging into it more uh, there was a lot of aspects of it that i i quite enjoyed some of it i think might have been accidental on their part whether they i mean and we'll get into that mm-hmm. and uh i'll get into that <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah I, I i enjoyed it i enjoyed it awesome what about you yeah no i enjoyed it as well um there's a lot to say about it um there there's there's good bad and ugly but um no mostly it's i i enjoyed it it i remember when this first came out i was kind of just getting into the x-men movies uh, the fox movies 
Um, so this came out in what was it, 2011, I believe. Mm, yeah, it's 2011. Like um, so you had your you had your Fox movies, you had the Sony Spider-Man movies, you had the MCU movies, just kind of starting up. Um, and I, I I like to kind of I I remember just enjoying various different universes and going to them and wanting to learn more about them. And I remember when they decided to release first class, I, I believe I went back and watched all the other X-Men movies again, cause I'd watched them previously, but not, um, uh, not with a whole lot of interest, but I, I remember this one kind of piqued my interest more into the X-Men and just wanting to follow this universe and see what, where they're going with it. Um, and I, I do remember like a lot of the continuity issues that were present, even with this movie and the other ones, um, which, we can kind of get into that. It's kind of hard because we haven't watched the other ones in this series, but but it's worth noting because this this one was a prequel, so it, it wasn't a it wasn't a sequel. It, it was it well okay. It was a prequel and kind of a reboot as well for in some ways, um, because the last two movies that they did before this really uh, were just not good. <laughs> um, you had uh, X uh, the third X Men, um, and then you had X Men Origins Wolverine. Um, both you know, notoriously, you know, pretty terrible films, um, and so so they were kind of going on a losing streak, and then they released the fir- first class, and we're like, okay, we're kind of stepping back, we're setting a very different tone of these movies, and we're going to follow these new um, actors playing characters that we already know and that grown to love, um, and so so anyways, with all that being said, I um, I remember enjoying this uh, a little bit more probably than you did. Um, because I was already kind of in, more interested in X Men at the time, and um, yeah. wanting to just see where they were going with the Fox universe, um, especially as we're following the MCU and, and everything. And and yeah, I would say uh, overall, going back to it, I I enjoyed it probably more than I did before. I would say I you know I still enjoyed it a lot back then, but I think a lot more now. And um, I think this one is uh, one of the better of the X Men movies. Um, and I think it was yeah, it was it was well done. And it's it's unique in a lot of ways, which I appreciate. Um, so especially when it comes to superhero movies, um, it's easy to just follow the same formula. Um, and this one kind of took some liberties and did some new things that I think were well done. And um, some things I didn't really like or appreciate, uh, which we, like I said, we can get into. But um, yeah, overall, it was it was fun. It was good good to go back mm. to. Yeah. I think the I think the story was pretty good. I liked how it was almost like a the whole movie was almost like a foreshadowing of a lot of what the characters come to be, which yep. is what we knew because it's kind of because t- it takes place before. Yep. Uh, I don't know if it, it like I don't know if that was on purpose or if it was just like you know the whole reusing superhero movie stories or not. But I did see it seemed like kind of like a foreshadowing of a lot of stuff for for how the characters turn out to be. Uh, specifically like the villain in this movie seemed like very much a foreshadowing of like who he was and what his what his uh desires were are exactly what magnetos mm-hmm. ends up being in the original x-men trilogy yeah, exactly i would say yeah, the, they're the exact same motivations just maybe a little bit less well no i mean because he's willing to kill in the in the third ones he's willing to kill people in order to get reach his yeah. end goal well because so the whole point yeah, his whole ordeal was that he wanted to wipe out all the non-mutants. Right. Yeah. So it's and the that same was thing. both of their exact same thing. Yeah. So he, uh, so I don't know. I feel I feel like it could have been like like he was supposed to be like almost like a foreshadowing, mm-hmm. but also 
an image of what or inspiration for what Magneto turns into. Right. And like Magneto maybe gets some of those desires because of his interactions with this character. Right. Yes. Yeah. I think he kind of, um, yeah, he got a lot of inspiration from his, from him. And it was, it, I love that they referred to, um, Eric or Eric referred to himself as Frankenstein's monster. Um, so he's playing a little bit off of, you know, the story of Frankenstein. Um, and so, so he's he's the the product of the doctor and he but he's the um the evil expression of the of the doctor um even though in this one i'd say sebastian saw is still probably just as evil as magneto ends up being um maybe a little more but um but still there's still a little bit playing off those themes of the frankenstein monster the monster that's created by the doctor, um, and who is Shaw, and he he made he made Magneto to be who he was, even though Magneto was had that struggle throughout the throughout the movie, which I think was well handled, um, and and especially with his interaction with um, Charles, and seeing them kind of grow together as characters, and Charles, you know, even having that moment with him where he sees that memory, of when he, um, when Eric was a kid, and I can't remember what the memory was, but. Basically, Eric had said, "Oh, I, I didn't even know that was there," um, but they had this like, like really like, intimate moment between each other that really um, made you sympathize a little more with Eric and sympathize more with his motivations and why it is that he is doing what he's doing. I mean, his main goal throughout the movie is to kill Shaw, so it isn't necessarily nefarious towards innocent. Like he's not, he's I mean, but he's going he. He still would be willing to, well, eh, maybe not willing to harm innocent people throughout the movie, but I'd say at the end, as he's fully become Magneto, um, he's willing to do whatever he he needs to in order to get what he wants. And he starts seeing that all yeah. humans are, are evil and wicked and they hate mutants and they'll never accept mutants. Um, and so he wants to become like the, the one that he tried to that he wanted to kill the the, the one that the, yeah. the monster that he um goes to destroy is the one that he becomes yeah exactly yeah i think in this movie i think there's a lot to talk about yeah. the villains and because because even like magneto he's almost not necessarily like a full villain in this movie right. he's like a almost an anti-hero right but and he's yeah. just on this mission yeah. to to kill him mm-hmm and so, but like by the end, we kind of see him turn into a villain, right? And so much so that I would say that he he's kind of the main focus. I mean, of the whole movie, he he he's in the opening yeah. scene and he's in the f- final scene. I mean, Charles is also the main character as well, but I'd say primarily it's about it's about Magneto. Magneto. It's about Eric and how he became Magneto and um, mm-hmm. and the journey that he took to get there to be the character that he is in the modern day X-Men movies and the, the, the trilogy. Mm. Um, yeah. So like, so I would say even Sebastian Shaw, like he, I mean, he's kind of a one dimensional villain. I, I would say he, he, he's just evil for evil's sake. He, you know, he's just kind of there to move the plot forward. And I, I love that they had Magneto be the one that kills him in the end because that was kind of the final shift for for him, for Magneto, to become the the character that we know. And it kind of was like, oh, yeah, so Sebastian Shaw is like, 
It's not even. It's not even Eric. I mean, uh, Charles who kills him. It's going to be Eric, the one who's been trying to kill him, and tried to or defeat him even. Like I would say, Charles was. He was using his. Uh, he was in his mind. That was another thing that was really, um, I think, well done. How Charles was using was in Sebastian Shaw's mind, um, mm. and Eric had to put the coin through his head, knowing that, that it was going to harm Charles because Charles was controlling him and preventing mm. him from putting the helmet back on or stopping Magneto. Um, so that mm. kind of showed that was kind of like a poetic break of the friendship that they had built up and created. Um, that really kind of propelled yeah. Magneto towards the direction he becomes, goes, and Charles in the direction he goes. And we see the... It's just a lot to talk about. The We see the rise and fall of both characters in the movie. So at the beginning, Charles, you know, he lives in a mansion. He's he's wealthy. He he's comes, you know, from, yeah, well, a wealthy family. Um, mm-hmm. And Eric comes from poverty. He's low, and, you know, you, you find him... I think the first scene you have what Charles, you know, rising up from his warm bed and Magneto falling to the mud, like in in the dirt, like he's yeah. from the lowest. Yeah. There's definitely you know, yeah a lot of correlations through that whole, that whole segment in the beginning between right. the two of them showing the two very different backgrounds that they have right. and kind of almost like their background showing what their future was going to be like. I mean, uh, Xavier even tells, uh, what's her name the the blue girl that um, they have as much food as they could possibly need yeah. like <laughs> like he literally said we have everything you could possibly need yeah. take what you want right and then and then they show magneto who has nothing at all and he's just completely broken and has nothing he loses his parents yeah. um or it's just his mom or something and his, mom. his dad was gone already or something right. but probably not fighting but yeah like he loses he loses he's losing everything and and xavier's saying like i have everything i could possibly need <laughs> right exactly and, and then at the end you have magneto getting what he wants killing killing the man who ruined his life killed his mother and uh, then you see charles who really is the kind of loses uh i mean he i mean they they are saved um you know the the mutants are saved and are seen in a, a better light than they were probably before um but he gets shot in the back by magnet like it was magneto's fault um that he got mm-hmm. paralyzed and um and so he fall like so you see his fall in a sense and that actually is more developed in the next movie which looking forward to to watching that one again but uh mm-hmm. but i you know like eric like or charles is just kind of like he's at rock bottom and you know he's kind of almost pretty much throwing everything away mm-hmm. but at that point and, and then you but you see it you know his development in the next movie um as well mm-hmm. which kind of leads more to him becoming the charles that we know we don't get that a whole lot this one but he become he does become the leader he becomes a professor and teacher you know he starts off as just a yeah party animal and you know and it doesn't yeah. really yeah that was one thing about him is that he was like kind of he's very immature in this right. one not you can like very tell you can very much tell that he's not a good leader yeah and and that's also what i would say kind of leads him to leads uh him to not be able to save um magneto mm. and not be able to change his mind it's just a lack in uh leadership right that's good yeah um uh, one thing you said about the villain, how you thought he was kind of one-dimensional, I agree. But I do think in this movie it was better than uh, Red Skull. Yeah. 
because there's this one there's a, they set up a uh, a connection almost for the audience to not like him because he kills uh mm. he kills magneto's parents mm. and yeah. so that gives a little more personal connection to him right. a little more personal like hatred for him to the audience because like with red skull we didn't get any like there's no reason we didn't like him like yeah he right. killed people but it was just like, like he killed he was a Nazi random people that we it. didn't care yeah. about yeah yeah so like but this one it was like oh it's it's this kid's mother that he's killing and so that it made more of a personal personal connection i thought that was pretty good mm. uh, that's a good point yeah yeah and like i, I loved kick we can talk about the villain a little more um i, I loved kevin bacon in that role i think he he yeah. did a, a good job um you can get into comic book accuracy a little bit in that because um, his character in the comics, uh, just me doing a little bit of research, uh, is completely really different. He's a lot more stoic and um, uh, less charismatic and uh, older as well. He's really rugged and like just rough, um, a little bit different than how Kevin Bacon portrays him, which is fine because um, it's not like a super well-known villain or anything. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I thought Kevin Bacon did a a good job, and you're right. He they gave us reason to to hate him, and yeah, not he wasn't like a sympathetic villain. No, he was just a, yeah, just yeah. a true, true yeah. pure I villain, that, yeah. pure evil. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, and they um like and I think he was also like like because he was a lot smarter. Like mm-hmm. he had a lot of plans. He like with the helmet and stuff. Like he was very very well prepared uh in contradiction to red school like that's kind of our basis that we're going off of right now but like i think compared to him like he had more plans uh because he knew he knew uh magneto was coming after him Mm -hmm. in one scene i can't remember what it was uh i thought i'd written it down but there's i don't know but there's a scene where he knew he was gonna be coming and he did something Oh, oh, he had that crystal lady, mm. and she did something to yeah, stop I'm a, him. But I'm a frost. It, yeah. you, you could really see, yeah, you could really see that his his plans and and knowing yeah. that that there's uh, people with mind control and mm-hmm. preparing for that and stuff. I thought that was a that was a lot better uh, to show, like, oh, this guy's very smart, yeah. so that means he's more of a threat, mm-hmm. and to just kind of dig deeper into who he is and Mm -hmm. and make the audience more anxious about him i'd say Mm, that's good yeah i know you're right that's really helpful yeah yeah oh just that he's also a kevin bacon bacon variant i guess (laughs) oh because he's in guardians because kevin yeah because he's in guardians (laughs) and since this is all connected now he's a kevin bacon variant nice (laughs) (laughs) so footloose is technically in the canon is that is that it i think yeah <laughs> yeah and then star lord yeah is a, obviously a huge fan of him <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's funny uh so so more on um magneto and what they did with him yeah they now i don't know if they did this on purpose or if they're trying to go the other way with it mm-hmm so this is going to get kind of political. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, I've had some comments so as well. <laughs> what his points were, were basically don't be ashamed of who you are. Right. That was Magneto's whole, that was his point. And that's what he, that's what leads him to 
want that purist ideology Mm -hmm. of like we need to get rid of anybody that's not like us yeah and so i just thought there was there could definitely be some political correspondences there but i was wondering like thinking like okay did they do that on purpose Mm -hmm. for him because like are they trying to make him more of a good guy Mm -hmm. and just because of the way we think that we're like well that just kind of just shows that he is a bad guy and the way other people think isn't good yeah or do you think that that they were trying like do you think they were trying to make him good by putting those things in them in like those uh points for him or do you think that it was just to like almost a political statement saying mm-hmm. uh, this other stuff is bad yeah um i don't know cuz they definitely put magneto or eric on him in a more of a good like a He's more of a good guy in this than he is in other things. Yeah. He's always been an anti-hero, like, in, in some ways. He's more villainous in the original movie, so, which they kind of, yeah. that's how they concluded this one, I felt like. And um, they and there's more development in the next, what, three X-Men movies. Yeah, um, he's, yeah there's three. Yeah, more he's there's in. more, like, development there. Uh, I think most of it happened in this one. And they definitely made him more, like, you, you they you want they wanted you to sympathize with him and see his motivations and and recognize that okay there he they from their point of view that he has good motivations in, in some in some ways um and yeah the whole yeah you be who you are um yeah because uh, i wonder if that if the point was to agree with him right. and that like yeah you should be who you are yeah or if the point was to be like no this leads to destruction because we know his what his uh what he ends up being because of these thoughts right. like these thoughts end up leading him to destruction right yeah like i would say kind of both and they because they definitely conclude that because he becomes like um Sebastian like he turns yeah. into the character the person that he vowed to destroy like that he hated and so we're we're left to believe at the end it's like okay so he's so the path that he took was the one was the wrong I would say by the wrong path I don't know if that's what they intended because there might have been that more of attention like well you need to sympath they want they want us to sympathize with him and see that you know what uh, how he views things is the right way um, but then again, they still left it as in he becomes the villain. He yeah. and he even and then he is even to ruin the his friendship and relationship with Charles to get there. Um, even if it wasn't intentional, like I love that I love that Charles when Charles well when Eric blames um, the the one lady the CIA agent for shooting mm-hmm. Charles and Charles is like no Eric you did this. This was, this was your fault. Mm-hmm. So even he was kind of blind to see the fact that he was at fault. And that's kind of, and every villain, like he, every villain thinks he's doing the right thing for the most part in his own eyes. And that's kind of the thing where he was mis He deceived himself in his, um, pursuit of, um, in his pursuit to, to reach the end that he wanted to reach, even if it was the wrong end. Mm-hmm. And um, he was going to kill, and then he was going to kill the CIA agent lady, um, but yeah, Charles I think stopped him, or I can't remember exactly how that ended. But yeah, so yeah, there could have been gender. Yeah. But the thing about the X Men, um, I mean, this is a good segue. The X Men 
like even in the comics, like they they the first the X Men came into comic book scene back in nineteen I think I wrote it down nineteen sixty three. So this was like right in the middle of the civil rights movement. Um, in fact, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, uh, two of the the creators of of the X Men, um, they had often said that the the X-Men were meant, were meant to represent the struggle against racism and segregation. Um, and, and like, that was an influence on the characters. Like they are, you know, these outcasts, you know, they're, they're a minority that people look down upon, that society looks down upon. And they're the, the story in the comics is that they need, they aren't any different. They, they, well, they have their differences. They, they have this mutation. Um, but it's something that they should, they should, um, celebrate they they should be you know proud of yeah. um mutant and proud yeah. is was the you know theme throughout that the movie mm-hmm. um and so it's always so x-men's always been kind of political uh, they've had like a political perspective yeah. as far as um why they are what they are that's why i think x-men are really unique to a lot of other superheroes um it's usually it's these super these people are born with these mutations um they're, they're it's not bestowed upon them um, but they're yeah. born with it. So like, and I'm like, obviously there are heroes that are born with superpowers, you know, Superman, um, I'm blanking on others, but there are, yeah, that that's typical. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that's the whole point of like being a mutant is you are different than other people. Um, and, and, and there are, there's good, there's good messages and good things to draw from that. Like it's okay to be yourself, you know, if it's in align with truth, yeah. if it's, if it's, if it means being good, beautiful, uh, if it's good, beautiful, and true, yeah. like, and, um, well, a theme that I kind of saw yeah. through with Xavier's yeah. side is that it, it really comes down to, like, I believe this was his point is that mm. it's not about what you are. It's about doing the right, right thing. thing. Yeah, exactly. That's what it really exactly. came down to. Yeah. But they, but they did, I mean, in this movie, they did kind of make him look bad mm-hmm. by, you know, like he basically said that, uh, I'm blanking on her name Mystique. again, but the blue lady that she was, that she's ugly. Yeah. Like he basically said that a few times, right. but when you get past that and you kind of look at like what his overall message is, especially towards the end of the movie, yeah. you can really tell that like it, it, it was never about what you are like that. Never. He never cared about that. He just wanted to make sure everybody was doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Um, so like, I, so I would say, yeah, his motivations were for the most part, you know, Right. But he still, I think he had some errors in that and he had to learn and he grew, um, throughout the movie. Yeah. So like it, mutants in general are meant to represent you know, the culturally, culturally oppressed people. There's a reason why they set this movie in the sixties again, like, which is when the X-Men began. Um, it's because it was like, this movie took place in the middle of the civil rights movement. Um, so you have Martin Luther King, um, and you have the extreme of like Malcolm X, you know, who's, you know, pretty much, yeah, yeah. So more of like far extreme of like of I'd say, white white like, you know, white people are wicked evil and you know and and um, mm-hmm. but then you have Martin Luther King that would say that, you know, all people are created equal in the eyes of God and and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about with the villains in this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, I really didn't. Even... Yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Sorry. Oh yeah, uh, um, yeah. I even had, uh, considered wrote this down, but like, yeah, Charles's whole point is that people shouldn't be judged by their outside appearance, but it's about who what the what they choose to do 
um, what, you know, what's at the heart of the character? What, what, is, what are your motivations and what, what do you do with what you have been given as a mutant? And the difference between Eric and Charles is Eric, you know, especially going on into further development of his character in the other movies, like he would say that mutants are the superior race um, and they're better than, than non-mutants. Charles would say, well, no, we're equal. Um, like we have inequality. So like, so that is kind of the Martin Luther King side of, you know, the civil rights movement, you know, like like all people are created equal. We shouldn't judge people for the color of their skin, but the character of their heart. Um, I butchered that quote, but that was Martin Luther King. Um, uh, or maybe not. I don't know. Anyways, well, it was him. I just don't know if I said it right, but, um, either way, (laughs) that's, you know, that, that's Charles's point. And so he's not wrong in that. Um, of course you can take that too far um in some ways and i think people do um but um but that's yeah. just the nature of the yeah but X-Men. like he yeah yeah and like like at the end of the movie he was so disappointed in mystique for mm-hmm. for leaving because he's he sees that she is making the wrong choice by going with the bad guy yeah. and you can see that really hurt him not necessarily because like it's because he he was losing a friend and that's yeah why you can see that was hurting him and that seeing that she's she's she cared so much about her parents mm-hmm. that she's trying to you know she's choosing that side over doing the right thing right exactly yeah so where you went to say something else about the villains i guess i have a few other things no i think we i think we covered okay. it i was gonna mention um, um yeah unless you have something yeah, yeah like so i think it was angel the the uh black lady um who plays catwoman in the new batman movie um she hmm. she she's like she's the only mutant that went over to the other side when uh sebastian mm-hmm. inter- infiltrated the um facility um and yeah that was that was kind of odd like i feel like that one that i didn't like it wasn't like they were moving that character in that direction or right and she's just like oh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go over here and then she's just mm. evil she's just bad like she hates even yeah. the friends that she create that she the friendship yeah, that she built. yeah. so it's kind of like odd that choice. was very weird that she was she was attacking like, them yeah here. we thought that was we both noticed that yeah it was weird um and uh the emma emma frost i think that's her name the crystal lady uh her, played yeah. by jeremiah uh jeremiah january jones the actress's name she was really kind of f- just like a flat character it just was there uh uh if any mm. like i don't know i feel like there wasn't much to her character she was just she didn't have given she wasn't really given much to do except for dress in scantily clad clothing and do whatever yeah, sebastian said whole point point. yeah exactly <laughs> which, which is another th- yeah another thing about this movie um just as we're you know talking to parents and talking about you know, whether or not you should yeah. let your kids watch it like a lot of the women in this are are you know very inappropriately dressed and um yeah which is kind of was a point as well with set in this time frame um you know getting coming like before the 70s and uh, i think like uh, like what like they even they played off this a lot. Um, women were, you know, were kind of lower class citizens during this time, in a sense, uh, at least. And from the from the perspective of the, the writers, like you know, they have like the the misogynistic uh, uh, quote at the end, where it's like, "This is why you shouldn't let women in office or power, or whatever." I can't remember what it's. I think that's what he said. But um, 
And there's a few other comments. It's like they they want they they kind of sexualized a lot of the women in this, and I think it was for kind of a reason, um, just to say like this was kind of how women were portrayed back then, and and then but also with modern day twists, it's like oh they're still kind of portrayed this way, and but they can be whatever they want to be, and they could dress however they want to dress, you know, and um so, and, you know even if it's just to do some men and whatnot, it's just. Yeah, I don't know. It was, I I didn't really like the aspect of the movie. Um, yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty much with every female character in this. I think yeah, it, literally every Except female character in this movie the was CIA was. Lady. But even then, which no, she, no, she she gets stripped down. To oh, done. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> every single woman yep. in this movie that right. dresses very scantily. Yeah, yeah. It was there was yeah. I feel like a definite lot of this is where you get into like that the producers are just perverts i mean yeah <laughs> right when it's every like if, you, if it was like too too uh like you were saying for to kind of show what the times were mm-hmm. like or whatever and and how women were mistreated yeah like you don't have to make every single woman in your movie dress like that right <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's just it's just female exploitation and mm-hmm. And it's that's that's where the true misogyny is yep. is dressing women like that, so the, and the, and, yeah. and like when they say like yeah like oh a woman shouldn't be in office or know, whatever that guy yeah, said, yeah. it's like that's like the true misogyny is putting them in this in these roles and making them dress like that. Right, exactly. Yeah, you're just sexualizing women and using them as objects, and well, and that's a that's kind of the thing with Mystique's character when she you know, undresses for Charles pretty much like, and when she's blue, like, you know, and, and Charles is kind of like, feels awkward about it and weird. It's like, well, it's kind of the point. She's just being who she is. And even that means she can be naked and like sexualize herself, even though it's her yeah. blue, you know, whatever, which isn't, it's just body paint. No. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's a suit, but anyways, so inappropriate and wrong and just kind of, yeah garbage <laughs> yeah so what do you um, think of some of the yeah, female roles like how do you like but i mean besides that like how did they handle just like their character mm-hmm. um yeah, like i said uh emma frost i didn't really like her character or i just felt like there wasn't much to her um the cia agent i feel like story could have done without her like i mean she kind of i mean she does drive the plot along um it was kind of it was weird when they kissed at the end i don't know what like that i didn't feel like they were setting that up at all maybe i missed it charles and her what, what was that charles and oh. like they they have you know a moment yeah. where they kiss and it's like well that wasn't really oh, earned yeah. or didn't seem like they were going that direction maybe i yeah maybe i missed it but i don't know um yeah, no, I don't know. Do you have thoughts about that? I'm kind of blinking. Um, not a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part it wasn't like. Yeah, I I think a lot of it like I think it was pretty good in yeah. the sense that a lot of it wasn't like forced in like no women, female power, female, uh, females ruling over men, right. females that trying kind of sense, to be men. It, yeah. it went. Yeah, I think that in that that sense it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, the females I feel felt like for the most part were actually being 
females uh even so even with emma frost like i feel like a lot of the reasons she's the way she was was because of the man that she was trying to submit to Mm. and how he treated her badly yeah but like she was trying to submit to him it seems which like that was a good thing Uh uh-huh what do you think um yeah i think so like this um like none of the women like were trying like she wasn't trying to be the boss. No, she wasn't. Like, like she was just a and, yeah, and like a, a companion, a sidekick, but like you know, like a kind of like a wife character yeah, to him. Yeah. Even though he was a it was all, it was like a wife in a toxic husband. relationship. It was toxic, yeah, exactly. Saying. So like, like she was right in but that. But she and, was yeah. she was right in her role, but just because of the toxic relationship, that's where right. all her downfalls came. Yeah. Uh, true because he because uh, led her of, because in the wrong who direction she's, but, but yeah, yeah yeah because of who she's submitting to absolutely so yeah. like yeah it was it was a i thought like a pretty good mm-hmm. representation of like a of when a woman is doing most of what she's supposed to do but mm-hmm. the man that's leading is not doing at all right. what he's supposed to right exactly and then it yeah it leads to her not being a beautiful good character um because yeah. he's, you know, he treats her like garbage. Um, it's not, he's not a good, he's not a good leader and not a good, yeah. good husband to, um, to her in a sense. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. And then the, yeah, the female CIA agent, I, like I said, I kind of forgetful. I don't even remember her name. Um, do you remember her name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know. I didn't like, I mean, besides when she, you know, took her clothes off and whatever, I think, I don't know. I, like, I, I don't really remember her really trying to be anything other than an, you know, an agent. She wasn't, like, trying to, you know, be better than the men or trying to you know, be like a, a man. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah, no, there, there wasn't really anything. There's there, no, like, agenda there, I would say, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think for the most part, they were handled all right. Besides, yeah. the men who wrote these characters and you know sexualized these women and were being perverts. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah. I think that's for me. That's most everything I had to say about the most of the plot. I mean, we can talk about the Dark Knight of the Soul and how they handled that and mm. yeah. some of that unless you had something else to say about the villains heroes or yeah, I think um, any other plot plot things before the, right. before the, I, I like dark Knight of the soul. Like I said, I like that they focus a lot on Eric and Charles and like the story was about them. Um, and it wasn't yeah. even really about Sebastian Shaw. Um, but it was about the man that he created, the monster that he created in, in Eric and, um, and then, and then Charles's conflict with him. Um, I feel like their their relationship is a little like rushed and like, you know, they Charles goes in and saves him in the water and then they're best buds after that. It was it was like it yeah. was kind of kind of yeah forced. that was rushed. it was just rushed. I feel like the pacing in the movie was, I don't know, like if you felt it, like it was re- like there was a moment where it was just like really rushed, um, like the they're literally like 
two lines of dialogue and then they jump to another scene and then like a couple lines of dialogue jump to another scene and it was just kind of like all over the place and mm. then you get to this the mon the training montage and i felt like it actually kind of slowed down even though usually montages are like quicker but like i felt like this like because they kind of stayed in this one place for a while when they like kind of rushed up to here and, and so i felt like the pacing was a little, a little yeah and i think we see that a lot in 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 group heroes yeah that's true and we will see that a lot and we'll be able to talk about that for sure right. yeah because like because this was a because you're dealing with so many characters yeah. yeah you're dealing with so many characters and in mm-hmm. all in different stages and especially when you have to have characters meet and basically have them become friends yeah. like that so they did yeah they did force it i feel like they could have definitely done it differently and better mm-hmm. but but yeah, it was forced for sure. I definitely noticed that yeah. because it wasn't. It was pretty far into the movie before they even met each other. I think so, yeah. And then, and then they already had to be best friends right. by that point because you're already so far in the movie. And then you, mm-hmm. if you're making it so that you know they they have this relationship through the movie, yeah. it's like. And I think they did that because they, we like, for the audience, we know the character, the characters really well, yeah. And so we just kind of they they kind of assumed a lot of things and just saying, all right, they're best buds, and and then we know mm-hmm. we know them later on, you know, in the other movies as well. If you've seen those, because mm-hmm. this this is a prequel, um, so you have to consider that and um and whatnot. Um, yeah. I, I, so I like their dynamic, um, Xavier and Eric. Uh, it was it was compelling, uh, even if it was rushed. I felt like. You know, seeing the two sides of, of the coin, um, and then the imagery yeah. with the little coin was really good too. But um, yeah, which there's a lot to that. But um, yeah, yeah, he's um, I think yeah, Eric was well handled. I think he was definitely my favorite, the favorite, my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, yeah. and like the it fact, was, yeah, was... yeah, the fact that like it seems like they have the same goals. Um, and then I think Charles said something where it's like even to this point where it's like to Eric, like you, you think that we, we want the same thing, but we really don't, you know, and, and, and yeah. in that Eric's true character is revealed and, and, you know, then he gives birth to Magneto <clears throat> and becomes the, the villain that he eventually becomes. Um, so yeah, yeah, so that was, that was good. Yeah. I feel like when, with their relationship, the time that like you really got to really like, and you saw that connection was with that, that scene that you had mentioned, like when he, when he shows him those memories mm-hmm. and sorry, it's just kind of going back to, mm-hmm. to their quick progression. But like, yeah. I feel like because they put that scene in there, it kind of made it work. Right. And yeah, I think that's, uh, that's what they're, I mean, maybe what they're hoping. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it would make it work, but yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, just maybe touch on comic book accuracy. Once again, I mentioned Sebastian Shaw, um, I mean, I think because we do want to cons- put this in consideration in all the movies that we're watching, um, the X Men's always been unique because, like, um, if you look at which we're not talking about these, but just real quickly, if you go to the the original trilogy of the X Men Fox movies, um, they they took a very darker tone than the comics. Um, there's a lot, even like the 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 '90s TV show, um, which which I'm actually watching again because we're going through X Men movies. I was like, oh, I'll go. I'm gonna go watch that TV show a little bit, um, which is actually pretty pretty good, pretty fun. Um, but um, so like so when you get to this one, um, I like that like they had the all this, the students, um, all the other heroes. Which let's comment about characters and heroes. Like 
I feel like all the other characters in the movie were kind of forgetful. Um, like mm-hmm. uh, the one guy that died um, right like right away. Um, oh, yeah. The one that kind of like absorb power or or yeah. adapt to things. Um, it, like like you know, like I didn't really care when he died. Like it wasn't like yeah. we really had any reason to like the character. I feel like that's how it was with a lot of the other yeah. ones. But um. Uh, like when they like at the in the third act when they got the the suits like they they were the traditional yellow suits um, that we see in the comics so like mm-hmm. so like they did that um, but like with any origin story for superheroes um, it's it's hard to kind of judge comic book accuracy because they're not the characters that we know in the comics they're they're becoming the characters that we know um, and so there's a yeah. lot of differences like like Eric obviously isn't bald and he's not in a wheelchair. Um, until yeah but we get that we get that comment yeah about. and he's very very young and, yeah and and so yeah it's very different even... than the man that we see in the other ones which was good like we, we saw his development and we saw him change and grow his character and we'll see him that more in the other ones but um so that, yeah. that was good and some i think some of the heroes in the movie were some of like the students the teenagers um i think there was a lot of con- so i think a lot of accuracy when it comes to the comic books for most of them. I think it was Havoc who I think they took a little bit. Of, they went a little different route with him. Like I don't think his beams are red in the in the comics. I think they're like silver or or, gray or white. Or whatever. Mm. So that's different. But um, yeah. I mean, it's little little details like that. Um, Ma- but yeah. like Magneto suit at the end, that was that was spot on. Like that was like even maybe even better than the than the other. Um, Fox movies, but I thought that was great. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like he became, and it was just you know going back to um, character development. Like he became Magneto, and they they helped to see that by giving him the, the 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 Magneto suit that we see in the comics and, and that we see him wear later on. So I thought that was that was good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Any any other comments? Yeah, and then the not not comic book accuracy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but the the casting, I want it was a good transition to that. Yeah, uh, definitely. I uh, I thought all the the acting was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I think all around. Um, the as far as casting for the characters, oh, man, I've never really liked uh, what's his name for Xavier James McAvoy. Was Xavier? Yeah, really. Yeah, he's a phenomenal actor, yeah. but. I just feel like I'd never felt like he was Xavier though. Mm-hmm. Like I never Patrick just felt Stewart. that connection. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, oh, it's, that's interesting. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I wonder, like, do you have anyone else in mind that, like that could play that role better of a young Xavier? I think it's just, that's just hard to, I'd say it's a young Patrick yeah, Stewart. Is, yeah. yeah. I, I would say there's some maybe issue there. Like, I don't, really see that yeah but um but even like xavier like i'm like i said i was watching the animated uh series and xavier is a lot different he's younger he's definitely younger than uh patrick stewart is and that's his name right Mm -hmm. patrick stewart yeah yeah uh he's younger than he is in the the other movies so like and i would say like that character Mm -hmm. is more like maybe more like james mcavoy maybe maybe not i don't know so uh, yeah, that, uh, I don't know. I I can see what you're what you're getting at. Yeah, it's just always been kind of a personal thing. Like I never yeah. really could see him as that. I think that's 
very heavily influenced because of Patrick Stewart. Right, that's fair. Of just an image I have of of who Xavier is. Yeah, and for sure for that. But I, I think in the later movies, when like when he does finally get bald, <laughs> yeah. I think that kind of helps too. Right. But, but yeah, I mean, all the acting was great. I mean, uh, James McAvoy is a phenomenal actor. Yeah, so absolutely. I've no complaints about his acting. <laughs> yeah, and then um, Michael Fassburn. Fassburner, that's his last name, right? Michael Fassburner. Um, he did. I think he did a phenomenal job. I think. Yeah. I. Oh, uh, there was. I loved the first like kind of handful of scenes that we see of him. They're very like like the scenes where he's hunting down Nazis and trying to find Shaw. Like that, those are like very well. I would say well well directed scenes. Very intense. Um, you can we can get into the score as well in those because um I thought that was well well done. Um, but like they, it was almost like horror thriller, um, type scenes and just very intense and, you know, leave you on the edge of your seat. Um, and like, man, like the violence in this movie is, I think a lot, uh, more closer to, I mean, it's not rated R, but it's, it's like a hard PJ, PG 13, um, I think mm-hmm. violence, especially with the coin at the end, but, but even like at the beginning where Eric's like, you know, you know, stabbing those guys with the knives and like. You know, pretty, yeah, brutally killing them and then ripping like the the filling out of that, that one dude's mouth and whatnot. But oh yeah, yeah. yeah. A- anyways, like I thought that was done, and so like even talking about the score, um, I think it was the first scene where he's in the, I think it was the bar, I mean, not the first scene. It was like one of the first scenes where we see of him in, in kind of going going through that montage, not montage, uh, yeah. going through this different trying to hunt down the Nazis, uh, and find Shaw. Yeah. Um, they, so it's interesting. They actually play the, the theme for Frankenstein's monster, um, in like the old Frankenstein mm. movies, they play the theme and then they mix it with Magneto's theme as well from the first X-Men movies. So, uh, Oh, cool. I did not know this. Yeah. It, yeah. It, um, that's cool. It's, it's super cool. Um, so like the, the, um, uh, the guy that did the score, his name, uh, I'm blanking. I I knew I know his name. Um, his last name's Jackman. It, it's actually it's H. It's 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 H Jackman. So like Hugh Jackman, but uh, it's, it's like Henry yeah. Jack. Or, <laughs> I can't remember what, what his name was, but anyway, yeah. but anyways, like he did. I think he did a great job with the score throughout the movie. I don't know if you had any other comments on that, but just that scene in general, like it was just I think it was well done and playing on that theme with Frankenstein's monster. It was cool. Yeah. No, I, I mean. There's nothing like particular like that that I noticed, yeah. but uh, I feel like with like, any good music score, you it's not going to be distracting yeah. and it's going to be leading you emotionally without you even noticing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they did that really well in this movie, yeah. Because there was no no large points when I was like distracted by the music, and I felt like I I remember with uh, Captain America, I did feel that a few times. Mm-hmm. And with this one, I didn't, I didn't feel that at all. And I, yeah. I thought they did great. Yeah. 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 I, I, I agree with that. Definitely not distracting, but, uh, yeah. Helps draw the, build the tension and, um, you know, play on the emotions of the audience. So well done. Yeah. Um, and then the, what'd you think of the CGI? Yeah. CGI. Um, I think it was. It was pretty. It was pretty well done. We're 2011. Um, yeah. There was nothing that was 
really distracting, I don't think. Yeah, um, no, I think it was really good. Yeah. Like, th- like you, I think that they probably did a lot of practical, practical effects, for sure. which is always helps your production a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if you think of, like, the the metal fence when he was pulling it, like, yep. like that whole scene was just so great. Like, and I don't know if they used any CGI in that. Like, I don't know <laughs> if the rain was CGI. I don't know if, if, uh, if the metal bending was CGI <laughs> or if it was practical, but it was all like really good. Yeah. And then just all throughout the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's just nothing in it that really made you be like, Oh, that's, that's CGI. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe the maybe the coin, a little bit. Mm. But oh yeah, I don't. I don't even think. I don't even think that really looked super it was CGI. Not bad. No. Yeah, I, I liked that they use. Uh, this is kind of going on back onto a different topic, but the they used the the use of the coin was really good because it was the Shaw um, told Magneto to move the coin on the table at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. and um, and he couldn't, and then he, that's how his how he, his mother died. And then he uses the coin and moves the coin at the end of the movie to kill Shaw. You know, so like, yeah, using yeah. that th- um, is a way to, I don't even know what to call it, but yeah, yeah just that form of storytelling. Bring it full circle. Full circle, yeah. Yeah, they brought it full circle, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, good. that was really great. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, CGI, I think it was, it was well done. Nothing too distracting and it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at, um before we finish just want to let everyone remind everyone that we have a patreon uh if you would like to support us uh support what we're doing in this podcast uh go ahead and find us on patreon the powell bros movie reviews uh we we do an after show after each episode it's usually about another hour of content just discussing what's going on in the the world of movies and film and stories and and uh also we usually talk about um different uh well stan the stanley cameos in the in the marvel movies we like to discuss those which this one actually didn't have one um but we're actually going to talk about the wolverine cameo instead which was really fun um but uh yeah anyways if you'd like to support us we also talk about in credit scenes as well just want to point that and, out yeah just anything else going on in movies yep. yeah yep so any other movie news anything going on in the world of, of film and stuff right so go ahead and support us there and Thank you for for that support. Uh, so, was there anything you wanted to say before we moved on to rating and uh, ranking? I don't think so. Um, we, you mentioned Dark Knight of the Soul. Um, yeah. Did you want to say anything about that I, real quick? So, I kind of... Yeah. Uh, so, I kind of feel like it was when the whole world was turning against them. Yeah. Uh, if you'd agree with that. I think so. Uh, which is kind of weird that it wasn't with the villain. Because mm-hmm. usually Dark Knight of Soul is because of the villain. And so, well, but with this movie, it felt like it was when yeah. the world was turning against them. Which actually I think makes sense because they focused the story mostly on Charles and Eric. And so that really, mm. that really put the, ten- the tension between the two characters that led them on the two paths that they go on. Yeah. And so yeah. that, that forced them both to make a choice and decision that they that was very hard for them both to make you know do we do we kill yeah. all these guys that are shooting uh, they're shooting missiles at us um or do we let them live um and do we do the right thing do we show that mutants can live with with humans um 
or should we say that mutants are superior and you know, and you know be rid of of those that would oppose us and try to harm us? So that's I don't know. That's right. I assume that's probably why they did it because it wasn't. You're right. It wasn't with the villain, and yeah, and they killed the villain kind of earlier than you know. I think most superhero movies do because they wanted to establish Magneto and show like this is a story about Charles and, and Eric. Um, this isn't necessarily. Yeah. This, this is about the Frankenstein's Frankenstein's monster and then Charles. Like that. That was. Yeah. I think that was part of the reason why they did that. Yeah, and they had a lot of loose ends to kind of uh, to tie up. So they had to was just with all the characters and just, that's just, just things like that you just see with with movies with a lot of characters. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I think uh, it was kind of going back to what I was saying about what Xavier one of his biggest downfalls through the movie was his uh poor leadership mm-hmm. and i i feel like the i feel like the character didn't notice it that he needed to become a better leader mm-hmm. but like just knowing that he was a bad leader and that he failed with with magneto mm-hmm. kind of shows that that's what like he has to overcome that to to make a change right. and that was like kind of his that was like what he needed to repent of, but mm-hmm. he didn't necessarily do that in this movie. No. Um, but he, I mean, and, and this is a trilogy, so we'll see how mm-hmm. his character develops and stuff, but right. But uh, knowing that fact, like when you see it, you can see that he, he like kind of realizes that he's the one that failed him yeah. in a sense. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't think I had really anything else to talk about. That pretty cool. much covers it yeah. all. Um, yeah, we can go and uh, do you want to do rating or ranking first? Let's do rating and then rank. Um, cool. So what did we get? What well, I think we gave Captain America. What is it? A six point six or wait? You had you had like what six point four and I had six point eight and we met in the middle. Yeah. I think so. I guess, so like what six point six? No, I I think I just did six. I think I just put a six. Oh okay. Oh, you're right. So six point four. So our ranking six point four. Yeah, that was yeah, it. Was our ranking for this? Okay. So six point four. That's the only movie we've done. So that's where it ranks. Um. So this one. Yeah. Um, I'll give mine. My rating was a seven point one. I was kind of going seven, seven point one, but seven point one. What would you do? I did a seven. Solid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. I'm okay yeah. with doing a seven. Well, I don't know unless you unless you want to go up to seven point one. It doesn't really. It's a, I mean, <laughs> it's just one one point. I but th- I think when we're doing good. when we're doing like a hundred like ninety to hundred movies, I think it's it's is important that we have a consistent True. Uh, rating. So yeah, I don't. I'm I'm fine with doing seven point one. Okay, yeah, because I, I do think this like so we gave Captain America six point four. Like I would say this is a good amount, like, a lot better of a superhero movie. Uh, and a better yeah. movie uh, overall. So, yeah, so it's sure. 7.1. It's solid. Okay. Cool. So this puts it above First Captain Avenger. America. So we got, of our ranking list, on our ranking list, we have X-Men First Class in number one, and Captain America First Avenger number two. Yep. So what, what, movies. Movie, what movie are we doing next? Not bad. Next one is X-Men Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. I am very excited about this one. That's an, yeah. one, of my, one of my favorites. That's it's been a while movie. since I've seen it, but yeah. My favorite, one of my favorites. 
Yeah. So it'd be. Yeah, I think I've watched. I think I've watched that one way more than I've seen First Class. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, because this was so, and this gets a little bit more in our after hours show. But this was the first X Men movie that didn't have a major focus on Wolverine. Like, like Wolverine is kind of the main character of the Mm -hmm. the first three movies, and then they did X Men Origins Wolverine, and then this one he just has a cameo. Um, but then yeah. the next one, they go back to Wolverine being the main focus of the movie. So it was interesting, like thinking about these X-Men movies, like Wolverine has been a huge focus and then they did an X-Men movie without Wolverine. And I think they did a good job with it. Um, but, mm-hmm. um, that was, a yeah, that was, I think it was definitely a risk to, that they took, but I don't think Wolverine would have fit into this movie or this plot very well anyway. So right. it was good. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. <clears throat> it's okay to yeah, not then... have some Hugh Jackman every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least when it comes yeah. to X-Men. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it worked. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there's some good good ranking and rating. Yep. I think we have it nice and set. Yep. So, cool. Tobias, would you like to close this out? Yeah. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. That was uh, our overall review of X-Men First Class. We appreciate your support, and uh, if you want to hear more of us, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash the Pal Bros and support us there. We'll be putting out some episodes uh, with every main episode that we post. So, uh, yeah, thank you for listening, and we look forward to doing our next movie review and have you guys listen. Yep. Yep. Thank you all, all right. very much. Thank you. We're out. Bye.